checking out Real Talk Personal Finance. Shit's about to get real. Cashflow King with you today. And today in episode 45, iBonds Revisited. Thanks so much for checking out the show. We really appreciate it. Before we get into today's episode, we have a couple of announcements and shout outs. First thing I would like to do is give a very special shout out to our newest premium subscriber, Donnie I. Donnie I, thank you so much for becoming a premium subscriber to the Real Talk Personal Finance Podcast. We are glad to welcome you aboard. Also, the newest country, we are now in a total of, let me go back to my podcast spreadsheet here. This show is now being heard in 34 countries around the world. Our newest edition is Thailand. So shout out to those of you in Thailand listening to the show. Thank you very much for your support. We have two additional, I'm going to call them moving up the charts shout outs today. First, we have number two. Obviously, we are a U.S.-based show, so U.S. is still number one in terms of overall listenership. However, Hong Kong is beating the pants off everybody else. They have shot through the roof as far as listenership goes, so we really, really appreciate all of our listeners out in Hong Kong. Shout out to you guys. Thank you very much. And also, within the U.S., I know it's probably been a while because we're so focused on the newest country that's listening to the show. Don't feel like we forgot about you, although we don't mention some of our uh, own domestic areas here that uh, are listening to the show and moving up the ranks. I wanted to take a moment to give a very special shout out to Ashburn, Virginia. Thank you so much to Ashburn, Virginia for listening to the show. You guys have also jumped way, way up in terms of overall listenership. So once again, we appreciate you and all of our listeners. We still have some other locations up there as far as listenership goes. Although Indianapolis, Indiana, you guys are towards the top of the list, but very much surpassed recently by Ashburn, Virginia. Same thing for those in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, also passed up by Ashburn, Virginia. Indianapolis and Philadelphia are also sort of neck and neck in terms of overall listenership. So thank you to everybody who listens to the show. We truly appreciate it. And we also, again, want to shout out to Donnie I, our newest premium subscriber. Okay, with all that said, and without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into today's show. Today is episode number 45, which is I-Bonds Revisited. If you don't know what an I-bond is, that's okay. You're probably not alone. But before listening to this show, you may want to go back to episode 14, which is titled, Got I-bonds? And that was back when they were probably some of the most popular solutions in terms of fixed rates that we had seen in quite some time. We did, I think, a pretty good job on that episode going through and sort of a deep dive in what is an I-bond and how does it work and all that kind of stuff. So if you know you haven't checked them out or you're not very familiar with series I-bonds, please feel free to go back and listen to episode 14 titled Got I-bonds. For those of you that have already listened to that show and you're fairly familiar with what we got going on with I-bonds these days, today is Sunday, April 30th, and I'm recording this episode Sunday afternoon, and Officially, the rate will change tomorrow, Monday, May 1st, 2023, although I believe it was Friday that um, TreasuryDirect.gov had 
the new rates published. And normally, you know, when you buy an I bond, it gets issued the next business day. So even if you were to see the rate change and you went on and they were going to go ahead and issue it to you, the next business day would obviously be Monday, May 1st, which is tomorrow anyway. So they went ahead and put out the rates. It seems like a little bit early. Historically, you would have to wait until actually May 1st. Um, in terms of getting the new rate, you know, when the when the rate actually changes. So anyhow, that rates typically change, those of you probably know, in May and November. And so we're going to talk about sort of what's going on with that. What are our thoughts now versus perhaps previously? And what should you be thinking about? Before we get into any of the numbers or any of the thoughts that I have at this time, it's a, probably a good place for me to go ahead and interject our general disclaimer, which is that we don't give any tax, legal, financial, investment, or any other advice on the show. Real Talk Personal Finance is designed for education and entertainment only. Please consult your own professional for your own individualized advice. Just listen to us for shits and grins, pretty much. All right. With that said, uh, let's take a look here. So, this hasn't really been something that's been talked about all that much in recent times. So with the I-bond interest rates, right, you're ultimately looking at, and what you care about is the composite rate or the combined rate. And we'll talk about the components here in a moment. What you really want to know about these, and again, if you listen to episode 14, you'll already be familiar with this, but based on what's going on with inflation or reported inflation, there's the potential for the interest rates that are paid on these I-bonds to change. And that's generally announced in May and November, as I mentioned. And if you purchase an I-bond during that time, sort of they, they are announcing a essentially a semi-annual rate. So we'll do the calculation here in a second. But you basically get an annualized rate that you're going to earn for the next six months. Okay. So first of all, that's comprised of, first of all, a fixed rate. And I know when I personally bought my first little batch of I-bonds, that fixed rate was zero. And it's been zero in many of the points in time in the recent past. There have been some times where it's been, you know, a little bit above that. But this is the first time in roughly 15 years or so that the fixed rate has been as high as it is now or that it's going to be starting in May of 2023. And that new fixed rate is a whopping 0.90%. All right, buzzkill. I know it fucking sucks pretty much, but it's still better than the zero percent that it's been in recent times for the most part. So that fixed rate of 0.90 percent is going to be locked in for the life of any I bonds that are purchased between May 1st and October 31st. That 0.9 percent fixed component is locked in for the next 30 years because remember, I bonds are. 30-year bonds, that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to hold them for anywhere near 30 years. We'll talk maybe a little bit about that today. And again, if you want all the details, please go back to episode 14. But that portion is not going to change. So that's the fixed rate. That's the first component of, of sort of what your total combined or composite rate is going to be with these I-bonds. The second one is really what we're talking about the majority of the time, and that's the inflation rate, Okay. And so they just announced the semi-annual inflation rate, which is 1.69%. If we go to annualize that, because typically when we talk about numbers and percentages and interest rates and things like that, we're talking about on an annualized basis or an annual basis. So we go ahead and multiply that by two and we get 3.38%. So we have a fixed rate of 0.90. That part's going to stay for 30 years. We then have an inflation rate which is 1.69% semi-annual inflation rate. We multiply that by two to annualize it, and we get our 3.38%. And then finally, we didn't have to worry about this too much in recent times, but some people call this the bump 
essentially you take the fixed rate and you essentially put that 1.69 semi-annual inflation rate, you multiply that by the fixed rate of 0.9 and you get an extra whopping rounded up to 0.02%. If you didn't follow any of that, it doesn't really matter. All you need to know is this, the new combined composite rate for any I-bond that's purchased between May 1st and October 31st is going to be 4.30%. So any I-bonds you buy between May 1st and October 31st will earn an annualized 4.30%. So that's the annualized rate of interest that those bonds are going to earn for the next six months. Again, and after six months from purchase, when rates reset, that inflation rate will reset the quote-unquote bump on that fixed rate, depending on what that inflation rate is, will also be recalculated, and you will have a new total composite rate at that time. So really what we're looking at is, if you want to buy an I-bond and you haven't, and you want to purchase it pretty much now, you're looking at 4.30% in the short term. And for those like myself, and I'm sure many others that already own I-bonds, and there's going to be different nuances depending on when you bought yours and how long you've had it and that sort of thing. But basically, pretty soon, we're all going to be earning 4.30% annualized for the next six months on our existing I-bonds. So then the natural question becomes, well, is this good? Is this bad? What do I do? What do I not do? Remember, we don't give advice. I don't know what you do. You figure it out. But I can tell you some of the things that are being talked about and some of the things that I'm personally thinking about. Quite frankly, I haven't made a decision yet on what I'm going to do definitively. However, I have decided, which normally isn't really a decision point, that I'm going to simply wait for a little bit for a couple different reasons. So if we go back, I purchased I-bonds personally for the very first time back in December of 2021. At that time, the composite rate was 7.12% annualized for that period. Okay, then in June of 2022, the rate was in my situation, because again, you go six months from when you buy them. So even though they announced new rates in May and November, whenever you buy an I-bond, your annualized rate is good for the next six months. So even though the rate was updated in November, I didn't buy my I-bonds until December. So mine's essentially going to reset every six months. So December and June, right? Your timing could vary. So for example, if you bought yours in January, okay, well, then your rate is going, if it's issued in January, it's going to reset every January 1st and July 1st and so on. Okay. So December of 2021, I was at 7.12. June of 2022, I was at 9.62, which is pretty good. Obviously this has to do with reported inflation. So as inflation goes up, these interest rates go up and essentially at the end of the day, I don't want to say it shouldn't matter, but the reason that you're earning a higher rate is supposedly because inflation is higher. So what we're really trying to do is preserve your purchasing power here. But anyway, 9.62 in June, December of 2022, I was at 6.48%. And that's going to remain true for the next six month increment, which is going to be until June of 2023. So the rate as we just talked about, is going to change here basically tomorrow, May 1st, 2023, okay? It's going to be 4.30. Will my I-bonds that I already own immediately drop to that rate? No, because it's based on, again, those six-month windows. So mine actually will not adjust until June, so about a month later or so in 2023. So I have a little bit of time to wait and see, wait and see what happens with the Fed meeting in May, 
wait and see where, you know, a lot of deposit products are headed, what some of the rates on those high yield products. There's, for those of you that are premium subscribers, we've been talking about a lot of different things. You probably remember some of the comments that were made in the newsletter. We sent out the e-newsletter. We had a podcast on the e-newsletter. We talked about a whole different series of things. I did a premium podcast. I think it was called Don't Doubt Cube Crusher. So for those of you that have been keeping up with this, we're going to also issue a Cashflow Kings Favorites. We're going to update that. I'm hoping to have something out in May for the premium subscribers on that with some of the things that I'm personally using and doing as far as that goes. But anyway, we'll, we'll save that for another day. But, you know, you really just need to evaluate where things are. So I have a little bit of time. And anybody else that bought I-bonds around the same time, you also potentially have a little bit of time to wait and see what happens and what you want to do with funds that are, you know, relatively short-term in nature. You could argue that a 30-year bond is long-term, but I think most people that are buying I-bonds, at least in my particular case, it's for an inflation-protected, inflation-hedged secondary emergency fund. Because remember, you can't access the funds that are in an I-bond for at least the first 12 months, unless there's a federally declared natural, I think it was natural disaster or emergency. And if that does happen, you got much bigger problems than the money you have in an I-bond. But it's pretty much a lockup period for 12 months. And then within the first five years, if you go ahead and redeem, you're going to forfeit the last three months worth of interest. And that's going to bring me to my next point, which is even though my I-bond rate is going to change for me personally in June. Remember, it resets in May for new purchases, but six months from when I bought it in my six-month windows brings me to June. So I will continue to earn the 6.48 until June, and then I will begin to earn that 4.30 for the next six-month increment. Well, if I have to forfeit the last three months of interest, because I've held my I-bonds for more than one year, but for fewer than five years, I have to forfeit, if I redeem them, the last three months worth of interest. I don't want to forfeit the higher rate that I was previously getting and currently am still getting of 6.48%. If anything, I want to forfeit the lower interest amount based on the lower composite rate of 4.30. So even if I decided right now that I'm going to go ahead and redeem these things, in my case, I'm probably still waiting four months. I'm going to get one month more of earning the 6.48. Then I'm going to earn the annualized 4.30 for the next three months. And then if I decide, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to give back whatever I earned at the 4.30% annualized rate. And I'm going to get to keep all of the interest that was earned in previous times when it was 7.12, 9.62, and then most recently 6.48. So that's sort of how I'm thinking about it. It's about a four month window or so that I'm looking at before I ultimately make my decision. Within that time, I think we'll see where rates are, what the Fed decides to do, a lot of other considerations. We'll also continue to see where some of these deposit type products are headed. There's one I'm really excited about that's supposed to be launching just here um, next month. So, so essentially, it's not going to launch tomorrow, but sometime in the month of May that I might put out there to the premium subscribers, it's going to be coming out. There's a lot of other offerings that are out there right now as well that the rates are really good, depending on what you're looking at. I mean, you're, you're looking at stuff, sometimes it's in the fours. I've seen some things in the fives. And so, you know, you can make an argument, well, there's pros and cons on some of those things versus an I-bond. And I would say you're absolutely right. And that's why you have to make your own decision that's best for your own situation. But for example, you could look at the tax implications. Again, we don't give tax advice on the show, but if you think about an I-bond, 
depending on what you selected when you set it up, most people are not choosing to pay the federal income tax every single year on the I-bond. They're going to wait and suspend that until the I-bond is actually redeemed. So keep that in mind. If you go to redeem an I-bond that you're going to have to worry about paying federal tax on that. However, what you're not having to pay, and this will be more important to some than others, depending on where you live, is there's no state and local taxes on the I-bonds, right? They're exempt from state and local. Now, if you live in a state where you know, there is no state income tax, well, then maybe you don't give a shit. If you're out in fucking California, maybe you give a lot of shits, right? So it just depends on where you are and how this fits into your situation in terms of whether or not you care. You know, if I'm at 4.30% on an I-bond and I don't want to go through their clunky website and fuck with it and then have to worry about paying the federal tax and everything else because my alternative is I'm going to earn, say, for example, 4.5% and some, some other type of product, well, then maybe I just don't fuck with it and I leave it alone. And, that, and that's certainly an option. Or maybe I do, right? There's all different ways to think about this. I've heard people already talking about potentially redeeming some existing I-bonds that have a 0% fixed rate in favor of going ahead and purchasing new I-bonds, even though the rate is going to be lower because they want to lock in that fixed rate of 0.90% for the next 30 years. If you ask me if I would do that, I would tell you you're fucking crazy. I'm not getting excited about 0.9%. But if we rewind the tape just a couple years, there's probably a lot of people that would have been excited about 0.9%. So I guess it all depends on your perspective. Everyone's situation is going to be different. Everybody's thoughts and opinions on this are going to be different. Unless I can find something that is significantly better and liquid, the likelihood that I'm going to personally redeem my I-bonds probably remains fairly small, right? There has to be enough of a difference to make a difference. And I'm really not going to know exactly what that looks like, probably for about four months, which is the point where I can make that decision and make the change without really losing some of that higher yield, larger interest amounts that have been credited from prior I-bond composite rates, if that makes sense. So for those of you that haven't had I-bonds quite for a year, you really don't have a decision at this point, right? You just kind of stuck with what you have. You ride it out. For those that have had them for more than five years where you don't have to worry about the last three months of interest penalty, again, you can act a little bit more quickly because you don't have to worry about that three-month interest give back, essentially, of the most recent interest credited to your I-bonds. And then, you know, for anybody like myself that's kind of in the middle, you've had it for more than a year, you've had it for fewer than five years, you, depending on what month you bought them and when you bought them, you have a little bit of time to kind of decide what you want to do and really think that through before making any decisions. I think that's about all I had in my notes. This is a pretty quick episode that we're doing here today, but I just wanted to go ahead and put it out there because it's something that not a lot of people might be thinking about. And in other cases, a lot of people might be thinking and talking about, and I just thought it was important to put something out there to you know, first of all, kind of put this back on the radar for folks. If it's something that you didn't know existed, well, congratulations, here you go. Uh, Hopefully this is good information for you. If it is something that you knew existed and you got involved with it previously, but you didn't realize that rates were dropping precipitously, then also probably a piece of good news for you. So you can take a look at your specific I-bonds and make an educated decision on ultimately what you want to do with them. And so again, just thought it was good information to put out to folks and hopefully you guys enjoyed it. I'm sure you'll be hearing more and more about I-bonds in the coming weeks and months, especially as it you know officially goes live, I guess you could say, 
tomorrow, even though they updated it on the website on Friday. I think it's just for the financial geeks and nerds out there like me, you might have seen it. But for other people, I don't know if it's exactly caught mainstream just yet. And one other thing I'll mention is that a lot of people were projecting that the I-bond rate, composite rate, was going to be below 4%. And that would have been, you know, not great, right? 4.3, still not lighting the world on fire, but comparatively speaking, probably not terrible. So it just depends, again, on what you got going on, if you're already involved or not, you know, what's considered an acceptable rate to you or not, how much you want to fuck with it or not, and kind of go from there. I hope this was helpful. This was episode 45, I-Bonds Revisited. Again, for those that are premium subscribers, look for something coming out probably in the relatively near future. I'd say probably within the next month or so, we'll, we'll publish another document for Cashflow King's favorites because there's a couple things I'm looking at. One of them's getting ready to launch next month that I'm personally going to get involved with, and we'll send that out to all the premium subscribers via email. If you're not a premium subscriber, feel free to check it out. You can get in right now, and I'm really tempted to jack the rates, but I haven't done it yet. Uh, you can get in right now for as low as three bucks a month, right? So if you want to support the show, you, I don't have the list in front of me, but basically you get access to bonus episodes. So anytime you, if you subscribe to the podcast and you see there's some episodes out there with a little padlock on them, those are locked episodes that are only available for premium subscribers. So we did a couple recently where we sent out the e-newsletter, which is another perk you get. We do publish, uh, Cube Crusher pretty much puts it out and I edit it, but we do a quarterly e-newsletter that we just started to any premium subscribers. And then we do a podcast where we kind of go through and elaborate and talk more about that. So that's a premium episode. There was something that Q put in the newsletter that literally happened in one of my investments. And I won't spill the beans here, but I did a separate episode called Don't Doubt Cube Crusher and specifically talked about that. That's also a premium episode. So you get the quarterly e-newsletter, you get access to the premium episodes, you get a shout out on the next upcoming general episode like Donnie I is getting on this one three times now. Congrats, Donnie I. We appreciate you. And also we did launch some, launch some merch, which is available to anybody and everybody. If you are a premium subscriber right now, we have promo codes for those folks where you can get 25% off any merch that you purchase for the show. So thanks for your consideration. Again, thanks for your support. You can cancel anytime. Your credit card information is secure. Everything is run through Buzzsprout. That doesn't go directly through us. Buzzsprout takes a fee for that. The show gets the difference. And Again, it's only three bucks a month for anybody that subscribes. You will be locked in at that lower rate. And if and when, or probably more likely when, we do continue to add additional features to the premium subscription, we will be raising the price. Anybody that's in for three bucks, you're in for three bucks. And anybody that joins afterwards will be in for whatever the new pricing is at that time. So thanks again. This has been episode 45, I-Bonds Revisited. We will see you in the next episode. Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys.